0: This is Brian Bellick, and I'm joined by my partner, Dennis Green, and welcome to the Coach's Show Podcast. Third down and five from the New England 49. Five seconds
1: to play. Shotgun snap will go to Brady. He's in the pocket. He moves up. He winds up. He bobs left. He bobs right. He winds up and throws an arching pass. It goes in the end zone. It's a jump ball. It's deflected. Oh, Gronkowski almost had it. It's incomplete. The ball flutters incomplete. And the Giants our Super Bowl 46 champions winning a dramatic Super Bowl with the win 21-17 over the New England Patriots.
0: Well, this is it, Coach. Great Super Bowl, great week at the Super Bowl. Uh, I tell you what, having spent the whole week there, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about what a great Super Bowl site Indianapolis was. Of course, we've both been there for, what, 25, 30 years for the Combine. Just so well laid out for what they wanted to get done.
2: Well, you know, they do the Indianapolis 500 every year, and that is a big event. I mean, what, 140, 150,000 people, everybody converges on the city. What they had is a master plan. And that master plan said, let's start with the downtown area and build it out. Uh, and the football stadium before was part of it. Lucas Oil Stadium now is part of it. The new basketball arena is part of it. Huge hotels are part of it. It's everything. And they got lucky. And the Super Bowl became
0: part of it, too. Oh, and the weather was phenomenal. We had a little bit of weather on Saturday. but uh, And getting in and out of the stadium. I mean, obviously, for all the difficulties they had in Dallas last year, it was as easy experience. course, I was doing the pregame show, so I was there at the crack of dawn, but people that I visited with, I sat in a booth during the game, and they said getting in and out of the stadium, going into the stadium was almost effortless. Literally almost walked in, security, quick, efficient. And after the game, it took me all about 10 minutes to walk back to my hotel. Well,
2: they built a new uh, airport just, <laughs> <And they laughs> just for this occasion. I mean, new, old airport. new airport. And so, again, Indianapolis big time. And I, I think they should have another one. You know they got the countdown then. Uh, the New York people were in town, so they're you know next year it's New Orleans. And then it's New York City, uh, Super Bowl, biggest city on the biggest stage and the most entertainment in the world Will be there, and uh, I think Arizona has it after that. And so it could be that Indianapolis gets another shot, but it was a very successful week uh, and ve- weekend.
0: Yes, very, very impressive, and really, really uh, kudos to the people of Indianapolis. They did a phenomenal job with it. Well, let's talk about it, uh, Denny. Super Bowl 46. You know, it, I don't know as we step back, and we'll take some different elements of it, but. I don't know that it was artistically the best played game on either side. There were plenty of mistakes on both sides. Well, it was a low-scoring game, first
2: off. I mean, when you compare it to how the points uh, have been scored throughout the National Football League how it has been primarily offensive productivity throughout the league, what the fans have gotten accustomed to, it was not that type of a game. Tom Brady went out uh, got behind had a a safety, which i don 't agree with We can talk about that later but but then scored seventeen straight points, you know, but it wasn 't quite
0: good enough but twenty one to seventeen relatively low scoring game and and i don 't know that um going you know doing the show all week long and and the different shows getting ready for it. Uh, made the comment that the last time these two teams played in week nine, there, it was no score in the first half because both these coaches are excellent coaches and both these quarterbacks know what they're doing. I equate it to like a, a, a prize fight where boxers are kind of sizing each other up, and it's about the fifth or sixth round before someone really lands a blow. Now, obviously, early, the safety, and we will, we'll talk about that just in a second. Uh, it, you know, things were kind of going New York's way early, uh, but you have to give New England credit because they were down 9 nothing in the drop of the hat with the safety, and then Eli took them right down the field. Um, but then they ju- you kind of got the sense that New England was just going to keep hanging around, and they certainly weren't going to panic.
2: No, no way. And and I think it comes from the confidence that they have. Uh, they don't have a great offense this year, even though they put a lot of uh, points on the board, a lot of yardage on the board. They don't have a great defense. But they do have Tom Brady, and he start cooking, and he start cooking with oil. And next thing you know, you know they're moving the ball up and down the field and, and got the points that they needed to take the lead.
0: Brady on first down from his own six-yard line, long count by Brady. Hand-off to Nolan. Back to throw. Brady rolls to his right a little bit. Fires down the field. And it will be incomplete.
1: Threw that away. Yep. Patriots uh, kind of surprised me there, Geno, throwing
0: from their own end zone. Well, down.
1: you know, they uh, probably figured... Oh, you got to be kidding me. They're going to call intentional grounding.
0: Intentional grounding?
1: Hold on. Intentional grounding. Oh, my God. Well, he oh, oh, threw it away. It
0: and safety. Um, let's talk about that safety because obviously a lot of people were really they didn't understand it. Let's go back and talk about the rule: a quarterback that is in the pocket, which within the tackle boxes. If you don't get outside of it, then there has to be a there has to be a identifiable receiver that you're throwing the ball to. If you get outside of the pocket, then once the ball, all you have to do is get it past the line of scrimmage. You can sail that thing out of bounds a million miles as long as it passes the line of scrimmage. So that's a subtlety in what is is uh, intentional grounding. Well, Tom Brady was clearly in the pocket. Now, technically, he threw the ball where there was no receiver, eighty yards down the field. Right. Denny, you and I talked about. It. I've never ever seen it called that. No, I don't. I don't think you should
2: call that uh, because it it could be as simple as a receiver who was supposed to be going to the post. Broke the route off and, and went across underneath. Uh, the other part of it is you're getting rid of the ball because you're going to be sacked. You can't just automatically throw the ball away. And there was pressure, obviously, Justin Tuck hitting. But I, I think when you, you throw the ball down the middle, I mean, somebody can run that ball down. There are a lot of people that could have, even though they broke off. And they broke off with a pretty deep route. It's a 15-, 16-yard route. So I think it, it was pretty uh, not, not a bad a chicken call, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that the official should make that kind of a... Call.
0: Well, it was just so rare. Like I said, we've been doing this a long time, and I don't know that I've ever seen. I, I give Tom Brady credit, typically very smart move, in that oh, they'll never call this. No. <laughs> it's a, it was a safe throw because, I mean, he We oh, that sure nobody. Near, well, that's yeah, one, no one thing. If you, well, if you
2: throw it away, you got to make sure right. that the guy on the other team can't catch it.
0: Uh, the other thing is, it, that, and it impressed me right from the get-go, because, again, it was all New York early, but you could tell. You know what? New England was not going to panic. Uh, New York came out. They had a good, solid game plan. They ran the ball. Vince Wolferk did not have the presence in this game that he had had in the previous game against Baltimore in the championship game. But I'll tell you this, and I'll give Bill Belichick, as you knew coming in, everybody all week was talking about, boy, because, again, it was kind of odd. New England was favored. But I, did, I couldn't find anybody that didn't pick New York right in terms <laughs> of their picks. Right, I know in, in our, uh, on our stage set or our pregame set, Bill, uh, 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 Marshall and a couple others picked New England. But all week long, as we did the show and as I'm doing a number of different things in the city, um, and it was the Brady factor. When it came right Absolutely. down to it, we think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will make the difference. Well, they'll find a way to win the ball game
2: that they've won so many games together that they are the most prolific quarterback uh, coach group and that there's no way they're going to lose again another Super Bowl in another circumstance on another big stage in fact most of the discussion on week was is Bill Belichick the greatest coach that's ever lived is he better than the Chuck Knowles and the Bill Walsh and the Vince Lombardi's and all those guys and I and I think that had he won the ball game I think there would, would have been an argument for yeah. people to say that because it would be three and one but now in Super Bowls, he's two and two. He's been to four of them. He's done a great job in those four, but he's two and two. Yeah,
0: I, I kind of got the sense with Tom Coughlin. I was able to do a couple of things with Tom. And, and uh, you know, obviously it's a legitimate observation. Obviously you've got to give Bill Belichick his due. But I also got the sense that Tom Coughlin, there was a little bit of well, what am I, chopped liver here? You well, know, I get the same two weeks now. Well, it's always come up that with way. a pretty good game plan. It's that way when, you're, when the head coach is
2: defense, Bill Parcells, the head coach, when you are the defensive coordinator, Bill Belichick, the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, that meant that he got what we would say be favored position right. from the head coach. And Tom Coughlin had to always say, hey, now let's make sure that we run the ball. Let's make sure we don't give our defense any bad situations. Let's don't put our defense in a, in a, in a bad down and distance. Let's don't have any turn. So I think that Coughlin is always in that situation where he recognizes that Belichick, who's done a great deal, uh, is going to get some favor. But now Tom Coughlin's 2-0, and uh, 2-0 in Super Bowls. It's hard as heck to get there. It's even more difficult to win when you get there. It's, it's difficult to come and beat a team who had won 10 consecutive games on a really good roll to get there. It's difficult to go against a quarterback like Brady. So I think Tom Coughlin really gets a, a lot of credit
0: and uh, has shown that he's an incredible coach. Uh, I've got to give Bill Belichick his due, though, in, in watching the game unfold. I thought he had a brilliant game plan. He changed up fronts virtually every single play. From a legitimate three-four as we know it in its purest form to a four-three to a four-two, he was trying to dictate to uh, the New York Giants in terms of and, and make them pause and think. Uh, we we noticed there no Julian Edelman in there in the nickel package. Right. I think they learned their lesson against this receiving group with Cruz, Manningham, and next Edelman. God love him, he's done a great job, great role player, but he's not going to hold up in this regard. Uh, and and uh, New England. But at the end of the day, and again, I give Belichick credit, but at the end of the day, the, the shortcomings of that New England defense, they're not a great defense.
2: Well, I think they you know, they given up more passing yardage than, than than any other team in the history of the game. I think they're second worst as far as pass yardage. But that doesn't mean a lot when you get on that 10-game roll because they scored a lot of points, they got up, and people had to throw to catch up to them. I think Bill did the best he could do with what he had. Your point the last couple of weeks was that, well, how did this happen? How did all of a sudden they not have the kind of DBs that they need to execute the system? And it's hard to say injuries are part of it. Uh, you lose a few guys as part of it. A uh, few guys that don't play like you thought they were going to play, that al- is also part of it. But but clearly I think that his defense does mat- not match his brilliance as a defensive coordinator. Yeah,
0: and, and, and off- offensively I guess the one critique I would have as, as brilliant as Tom Brady, and he had a good, solid game. They, other than the one shot to Gronkowski, they really not, didn't get any verticals. It no. was going to be a long field, and turnovers weren't a huge factor. The one great turnover, that, you know, that, that uh, uh, throwing deep to uh, uh, Gronkowski that Tom Brady probably wishes he had that back nine times out of ten. He'd have uh, jumped the linebacker, right. but that ankle was Gronkowski. Look smooth and good early. I thought, boy, you know what? This ankle's not as bad. But you could see progressively it was going to get tighter and tighter.
2: And that's what happens as the game goes on. You can get it real geared up to go, but then you go out and you have to wait. And you wait to go back in. And when the defense is on the field, you're waiting. And and then it does stiffen up a little bit. And Tom Brady did underthrow that ball. I mean, if he had it again, he'd give it all he has. He can throw it a little further than that. He didn't. I think he made a nice down-the-field touch throw that just came up. You know, a, a little bit short.
0: Well, and and the uh, and the fact, uh, the point I was making earlier was the fact that they really didn't take a lot of shots down the field. You know, it was they, they kind of bled to death slowly. That the small ball and getting the ball out of your hands, converting on third down, that was great. They ran the ball, did a couple nice things, but they really outside of the one shot to Gronkowski, they only had the one play of over twenty yards, and it's tough to when it when a game. When you're not going to get a short field, when your turnovers aren't going to be – and I don't know that anybody can say that turnover lost New England the game. It's not like in the championship games where we saw – you can look at those turnovers that were so devastating for San Francisco and for Baltimore – Turnovers weren't the big factor in this game. You gotta come up with big plays and New England couldn't really do it. You're the MVP. Congratulations. Um, you you able to exhale here. It's been a wild game. It's been a wild, wild season, but uh, we got a great tough bunch of guys, the guys that never quit have great faith in each other, and I'm just proud of our team, the way we uh, dealt with everything all season and came out strong. Let's talk about Eli Manning now, both not only his game, he was 30 of 40 for 296 yards and a touchdown, obviously in the most clutch of situations. We've been talking about it forever, you know, the elite uh, in Eli, isn't he elite quarterback? Uh, is he now approaching Tom Brady? He's done it on the biggest stage, and it was an impressive performance. Well,
2: it really was. I I, th- I think that what he does, he loves it, first off. He's very mild-mannered, but he's a great competitor. And I think, what, what he completed his first nine throws of the game. Very much control throws, didn't go outside his element, try to make sure that he was able to, to main possession of the ball and, and work it down the field. Uh, you know, he's only one of five guys that have won more than one Super Bowl. So when you win two Super Bowls, you now move into some very, very elite category of people uh, who've accomplished a great deal. And he's there now and still young. I mean, he's, uh, what, 30 years old, and so he's got a lot of football
0: left. Yeah, just his demeanor. I I made the point all week long. I think he's approaching uh, a Tom Brady, uh, his brother Peyton, that football intellect. He seems to have now that recall. He's comfortable in so many situations. He's been there before. Um, yeah, yeah, clearly the debate is passed in terms of being among the elite quarterbacks today. Now going forward, like you said, there's a lot of t- playing time left for, for Eli Manning if he can get himself another Super Bowl, he can continue on, we'll start talking about him among the all-time greats, just like we talk about Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning. Well, the big thing you have to do
2: to, to be that, you have to be in the same system. I mean, remember what what uh, you know Eli has to do is be in that same system where now you don't learn something in off season. You knew it three, four off season ago, and now you just apply it a little bit better. The the thing that hurt Brett Favre, it wasn't that he wound up going to the Jets, is that the Jets system was totally different than any system he'd ever been in before. And I think if Eli Manning uh, keeps the same system, he's be great. If Peyton Manning winds up going to a different team and it looks like he's going to, it's going to, he's going to look and say, hey, it's got to be a team that uses the semblance of this system that he's been playing in that he learned from Tom Moore. Otherwise, there'll be hesitation. So, you know, system recognition, uh, repetitiveness, uh, continuity is a big part of what makes a quarterback – and that's Peyton or Eli. Eli was in this same system when they won the Super Bowl championship before. He's in that same system now. He knows it even better than before.
0: Yeah, and, and there's going to be continuity. Uh, if It will we'll at some point get into, you know, we'll start now talking about the combine and free agency and getting ready for the draft. But uh, this team's got a chance of staying together. If there are potential free agents. The two biggest look to be Ross the corner and Manningham at receiver, and and uh, those are very doable to get done. So this core group, this receiving group that he has, this offensive line, uh, looks like it's got a chance to stay together, and continuity is always good, and they're obviously always feeling uh, you know, very confident about it right now. Buckle up, everybody. Oh-oh. Here we go. First and 10. Giants at their 12. Shotgun snap
1: is low. Picked up by Manning. Moves up in the pocket. Throws a long pass down the sideline. It's an over-the-shoulder catch. He got it. At the 50. Grabbed by Manningham with traffic looking up into the bright lights of the stadium, hauls it down and over the shoulder, catch at the 50 right in front of the Patriot bench.
0: Let, let's talk about that last drive. Let's talk because there were so many things that I made the comment all week long. People say, well, who do you think is going to win? And I go, well, you know, I think it's a pick 'em game. But I'll tell you this, whoever has the ball in their hand last, that's probably <laughs> who's going to win. And, and you could make a case that's what happened. Obviously, Tom Brady got it one more time. But, but Eli Manning coming into the game and, and as the, as the, it was approaching that time I thought New England looked like they were going to move down the field get into position to kick the field goal probably leave 2-2.30 two, on the board alright Eli come in and win the thing and it didn't quite turn out that way um, and so he gets the ball back and, and now he takes them the length of the field, 9 plays, 88 yards obviously the big one to Manningham, and I was stunned. I happened to be sitting in a booth with Aaron Rodgers and then got to visit with uh, uh, Kurt Warner. We, we rode in a car together uh, to the airport uh, this morning, and both made the same comment I can't believe he got away with that rail shot versus <laughs> cover two man with a guy trailing in behind.
2: Well, well you have to believe in it and I I think the read to him said go to the short side of the at the wide side of the field uh it's more field uh he had a corner route and an underneath route a comeback route they stopped and broke away uh, he was open to a certain extent for a seven, eight-yard game, but he felt that he had a shot to the outside, and so he went left to the short side of the field, which you rarely throw a, a fade on, and you rarely throw a fade to the short side of the field as your second look. He looked strong side. He then came back weak side. He made a great throw, and Manningham had not made a lot of great plays. I mean, I think that as far as down the field, it, it's, it looked like he'd always – Kind of come up a little bit short. He got one earlier. He caught out of bounds. If right. he, just kept, his yeah, his if he kept his feet Yeah, if he would kept his feet in. Chris so. Carter, who belongs <laughs> in the Hall
0: of Fame. We both agree with oh, that. Oh, yeah. He'd have pulled that one in.
2: Absolutely, because you keep your feet. Your feet have got to stay in bounds no matter what. And he didn't have that. But on this particular play, he made a fabulous catch by keeping his feet in, number one, and then maintaining the possession of the ball. It was a gutsy throw. But I think, as they say, no guts, no glory. Exactly Eli right. clearly. Felt that he was going to go out and do what it takes, and he was going to have the guys rise up, and he gave
0: him a chance to do that. And that, to me, that's what that puts him in that class. Now, that throw, and we're talking recent history now, uh, like we always do, but that throw and the throw that Ben Roethlisberger made in beating Arizona in the corner of the end zone uh, to Santonio San Holmes, where there were three Arizona defenders all over it. I mean, when that ball came out of his hands, if you'd have stopped it right then... I, that was, you had to be thinking, where are you going with this ball? This thing's got interception written all over it. you. This ball has to be absolutely perfect, but that's what the great ones do. Right. Same thing when it left Eli's hands. If you could have stopped it right it was going, you could see the trail defender right there. You're thinking, what are you doing with this? This has got no chance, but that's why the great ones become the great ones because they make that kind of throw.
2: Well, they do it and they have the courage to do it and they, and they go after it. And I think that it's a long, they had a long drive to go and the touchdown was, would have been better than a field goal, right. and he wanted a chunk. He wanted a chunk of yardage somewhere, and he took a shot. Uh,
0: and then they orchestrated a very nice drive, getting it using both the clock, because now it's, that gave them the opportunity to go, okay, well, now we're going to get in scoring position, and we got to be conscious of the clock. Right. We want to leave as little clock as we possibly can. Let's talk about the sequence of events. They get a first down uh, inside the 20, inside the 15, um, uh, they get, I think it was five or six yards and no timeout by Bill Belichick, which I questioned at first, but then I looked at it and said, okay, he he's going to wait and use it on the second and third. Right. He's going to let the clock come down a little bit, assuming maybe you're going to run the ball, which prudent conventional thinking says you probably should have. Then Eli raises up, r- hits that little one step out to the left side. The guy went out of bounds, which is, that's knucklehead in itself, except he got the first down. Got the first down. And that made all the difference in the world. Now, New York is in total control. And that's now that brings us to... and, and I will go back, and, and I want to give New York credit for making that throw. Because you got to think, and you could see the box was stacked up. New, New right. England was going, well, you've got to run the ball here. Right. You've got to make us burn our tie sure. now. That's what you want to do. And Eli, whether it was just a smoke route, you know, supposed to be it run stuff up and hit it. Probably or it was. Or he chicked it. That, that that took some nerve now, too, throwing that thing out. There's a lot of things that could happen to right. that. The least of which being it gets incomplete. Now you've given them an extra timeout. So I give them credit for pulling that out, even though he he would have been better if he could stay in bounds. But nice job. And now we come to to the interesting part of it—the thing that's going to be deb- debated for a while. Clearly, they're in control now. They've got they've got the first down. A couple schools of thought. Okay, I'm going to position this for the field goal. I'm going to suck down as much clock as I can. I'm going to kick the field goal. We win the Super Bowl. Maybe if we can get the snap, the hold, the kick, and. You know, not Billy Cundiff, that thing off to the left side. All, oh, but we're talking P.A.T. depth, absolutely, darn you know, near. Or, or as what happened, New England give them credit for it. Going, look, they're gonna, the, we're, we're not, we're gonna, we're gonna die with our boots on here. Let's let them score. If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose with the ball in Tom Brady's hands right. and see if he can. And it was a strange sequence of events because it was the parting of the Red Sea, and it was almost comical to see Broadshaw – Try to stop at the one going. He knew. He right. understood. I, I should not score here, but he couldn't help himself. Well, I, I,
2: I think, you know, there's two things. One, Belichick made a defensive call, and he made it after they got the first down. And he very quickly, probably within five or to 10 seconds, said, we got to let him score a touchdown." So he just boom, double outside, which meant that if you're going outside, they're running inside. It's, it's going to be a touchdown. That's what he, what he wanted. The, the decision that that uh, Tom Coughlin had to make, and that's you we' know, between him. And his offensive coordinator, and now getting that to the quarterback, which is, well, we really don't want to score this touchdown because we don't want Brady to have this time on the clock. And so, you know, if that comes, then, you know, take a knee at the four-yard line or five-yard line. But it was, it was too much going. They didn't have a – if they had a timeout, you do that. If there's a timeout, you discuss it. What's going to happen? Well, Coach, I think maybe they're going to let them score. Okay, that's different. But there wasn't a timeout. And so they ran the play, and, and unfortunately – I guess you'd say he took the lead by scoring a touchdown. Right. Now, but the defense is saying, hey, great, give us back. Let us get back on the field. I mean, we're not trying to BS our way through this thing here. If we don't have any choice. We're going to go out and play, and we're not going to let Brady take that team down the field.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, it was one of those things that and, – and, of course, Tom Coughlin, who's known for, like Bill Belichick, attention to detail, cover all the spots. He, after the game, was not apologetic a little sheepish about, you know what, I, pretty, I could have orchestrated and took more control of that. Now, whether he could or couldn't, supposedly Eli told Bradshaw, don't score. Don't don't, don't S- score a touchdown. Stay alive. Now, but that's, that's a whole – there's a whole world of difference of a coach and a quarterback. Everybody's saying, right. okay, here's what we're going to do. Right. And as you're breaking the huddle, saying, hey, make sure you, do, you don't right. score. You right. know, that, that, that's a world of difference there. Um, because what it did do, and I'm sure it came cascading in on Tom Coughlin, he had seen this before. Go back to the game against Green Bay earlier in the year where Eli Manning takes him down in in Lambeau, scores, has the game, and looks up at the clock, and there's 58 seconds, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have 58 seconds on the clock. And you could see it on, on Tom Coughlin's face, that game, that recognition of, oh, boy, I don't know if we want to do this. Well, this is Tom Brady right. with 57 seconds left. But that's, okay, great. I'll take the touchdown. The key there being it was a four-point differential. They, they had to take a
2: touchdown, not a field goal. They had to score a touchdown, and I think that was the thing that the defense is saying, hey, you know, bring it on. We, we can, we're not going to let this guy in the end zone, even though there were a lot of – there were some plays in there where it could have happened. And that's what's great about football. I mean, there are no definitives. There are no absolutes. You can't go out and say we know this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Both teams are going to have a chance right to the end. We said it. They were going to come right down to the second, and the ball was in the end zone with no time on the clock, and New England had a chance to make a play couldn't make it lucky play it might might be it would have been but they did not make that play
0: second down and 11
1: for the patriots at the giant 44 brady in a shotgun of an empty backfield three receivers near side right two to the far side left brady calling signals takes the snap has protection
0: goes to the left with it it is cold dropped had it at the 20 yard line of the giants welker could not hang on well, let's talk about about Tom Brady a little bit. Obviously, again, one of the one of the all-time greats, uh, likely a slam dunk for the Hall of Fame when he becomes eligible. Um, not his, although a solid game, not unlike the, you know, uh, better than obviously the championship game against Baltimore, but he had a couple throws here that were un-Brady-esque. Now, he took a pretty good shot from Justin Tuck, and he will never say that the injury or the shoulder... But I don't know that that wasn't a factor. The two that jump out in my mind, uh, one, and it really wasn't so much Brady, it was the one to Wes Welker down the seam. Right. That would have put them in scoring position, a little bit behind him. Likely was a little of a miscommunication between Brady and Welkers to where that ball was going to drop. The big one to me was uh, Branch, Deion Branch coming across the field in that last possession. The defense had collapsed. Tom Brady did a great job staying alive in the pocket, had, and I'm it almost got intercepted. I think it was by Bowley, uh, but had he waited out or just thrown it, waiting for him to come past the linebacker, right. Branch may still be running. We may be talking about Bill Belichick's fourth Super Bowl now, uh, and he just flat missed.
2: Yeah, you know he he had some room to lead him, and that's what he had to do. He got rid of the ball a little bit quicker, and he had to well, had to slow down, and make a great catch. It was tipped. And knocked away, and that, that was that was a big throw. The Welker one again. Where we're going to catch it inside shoulder, outside shoulder. It was uh, both, coach. It would be the term because it was thrown over the inside, but he had to wind up trying to catch it on the outside. I think that, you know, Brady had 16 straight passes he completed. That's a Super Bowl record. Yep. That's a Super Bowl record. We know he took the ball over one time on the two-yard line and drove 98 yards for a touchdown. I mean, he did some incredible things. Uh, they scored 17 straight unanswered points, all led by Tom Brady. So Tom Brady played very well, but... Once again, the physicalness of the New York Giants, I think the hits that were happening on the backs and receivers uh, for New England, and then the way that the Giants really hung in there, they enabled them win, scoring only 21 points.
0: You know, and I, I complimented the New England Patriots for not panicking when they all of a sudden were down 9 to nothing, safety and everything's going against them. Equally, I have to compliment Eli Manning and, and the New York Giants. That last drive in the first half by New England, Yeah. Chewed up a bunch of clock. Then it's this, you know, marathon, half hour, halftime. Then New England comes out and drives the length of the field again. It was well over an hour between the last throw that Peyton Man- or Eli Manning made and the next one he made. That's a long right. time to be sitting on the sideline. I've got to give them credit for kind of regrouping because at that point it was going New England's way. Right. And it would have been very easy to collapse to the circumstances, and say, hey, this isn't going to happen.
2: Well, if, he's, if he did it in, going in at halftime and he did it coming out at halftime, what's to think he's not going to keep doing it into the fourth quarter? But the Giants did make some adjustments. They've made some plays, and they continue to be physical.
0: And likewise, the Giants and Kevin Kilbright, the offensive coordinator, deserves credit. We talked all week long about how New England, uh, their approach, and that, okay, they got the trifecta, and if you take Gronkowski and Welker, I'm going to hit Grun- uh, Cruz, uh, Hernandez. If you take Hernandez and Gronkowski away, I'm going to hit Welker. And so I'm always going to have an answer to it. And, and New York did as well. They, their game plan was real clear cut. If you're going to take away Knicks and Cruz, and that clearly was the the game plan for New England, then, then I'm going to find Manningham, and they did to the tune of, of ten catches and a huge game.
2: Right. And I think that's the thing that you never know. I mean, you have to adapt to it. There's a game of cat and mouse going on. Both teams had played each other. I mean, they had played each other before, and both teams had a good game the last time they played. So I, I just think it was a game that that could have gone either way right to the end, a very worthy Super Bowl. I mean, a game where you got two tremendous cities, East Coast cities, uh, New York and Boston playing. And as they say, New York and Boston, is that like the Yankees oh and the Red Sox? Is that, I mean, it's always New York and Boston. But uh, I think that that was a great game. The fans were very excited across the country. Uh, Indianapolis, as we said, did a great job in the game, and the stadium was rocking.
0: I was uh, sitting next to some New York fans in the booth I was in, and and uh, you could just – they were they were dying – with every play. Yeah. I mean it was and then when I walked back to the hotel afterwards I got behind a father and his two kids and they were they were patrioted up. They had the cap yeah. and the Brady jerseys and and he was holding and they I'm going to say they're 8 9 years old, maybe 7 and 9 with the two sons. Had a hold of their hands, slumped shoulder, head down. Right you know almost in tears dragging themselves back to the hotel. You're right. It's it's a it's a hard-fought rivalry and the fact that it was the Giants that stolen from them again. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh the coaches here. Um Tom Coughlin, he's the oldest winning Super Bowl coach. He's 65 years old. He doesn't feel that right now. Tom just keeps going and going and he's showing no signs of backing away from this thing.
2: No, he's sitting on top of the world and I think that, you know, the question is uh, you know, coach of the year. Yeah, he should get that. I think Jim Harbaugh got the one that they have before the season. But, you know, we keep in mind I mean, they, they had some games. They started and they lost four in a row and when we sat here and when they beat Dallas, I said, okay here come the Giants. Now watch for the Giants. They went down to Dallas, beat them on the Stars so to speak, played well, and then they came back and we lost to Washington. Washington. Oh, you know what I mean? And then, though they, as we said, they got lucky because all of a sudden, here come the Jets game, a good old-fashioned neighborhood battle. The Jets are saying we're the best. The Giants had a reason to get fired up. They got fired up, and they haven't been unfired up since then.
0: Well, he's, he's matched uh, uh, Bill Parcells now, almost win for win, Super Bowl for Super Bowl. People assumed, uh, and, and I was one of them, I, I got to tell you, I thought, I thought Bill was a slam dunk to get into the Hall, this first ballot. A uh, little surprised that he wasn't. I think he will definitely get there. But my comment was, if Bill Barcellus is going to the Hall of Fame, Tom Coughlin belongs in the Hall of
2: Fame. Well, he's 141 wins, 114 losses, and two Super Bowl wins. He's 2-0. and 0. And so I think you look at what he did with the Jacksonville Jaguars besides this. I, I think he is.
0: Yeah and 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 you got to appreciate we as coaches that have gone through the the baptism that uh of fire that you do as a coach and we've talked about it many times i mean 2 months ago this guy's fired he ought to be gone i mean the just the airwaves are 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 rampant with how, how Tom Coughlin needs to go and and now he's sitting on top of the world and the maturity of these two coaches who have been fired before uh we've talked about it before and the wave of new coaches that are coming into the league uh, I think it's you know it's apropos that these two veteran coaches who have been there before the ones have got their team uh, in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about Bill Belichick. What does this mean? I, people all week long are going. What will this mean for the legacy of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady going forward? That legacy set, I would think. Right. I, you know, great to have it. Don't right. make don't don't. Well, wrong I think he's one. He's one
2: of the greatest. Uh, but I don't think he should be singled out as the greatest. There were some people that are saying he's. You know, he's got. Uh, he's done more. He's the greatest. He's better than Bill Walsh or Chuck Noll or or Don Shula. And and I I don't look at it that way. I think he's one of the great coaches. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Uh, I think he will continue to be. He's he's hooked in with a guy who loves to play quarterback uh, and Tom Brady, and I think they're a good match.
0: Yeah, and I, and I like the way we put it last time when we talked about clearly he's the best coach of his generation if that generation is by decades. Right. Okay, the, of the 2000s. Right. We're going to say it's Belichick. And Tom Coughlin probably deserves in that conversation. That's right. That's right. We go right. back, obviously, to, to the 70s and, and, and Pittsburgh Steelers and Chuck Knoll. And then Don you get into Don Shula. And <laughs> right. then you get into, like we said, you get into the 80s and Jimmy Johnson and the Bills, Bill Walsh, the 90s, obviously, and, and, and the, the coaches. So, yeah, clearly for his generation. And, and also, Bill made it very clear. I'm not going anywhere. Right. You know, they were kind of pressing him. He turned 60 <laughs> now. And, uh, he, he made the statement, Oh, I'm not going to be doing this when I'm 70. Right. Of course, he's probably at some point, Tom Coughlin probably said the same thing, but now that he's approached it, going, well, I don't know. That's, I got a different perspective well, now that I'm so close. Hey, That's different you know, when, when, you, I'm when you get
2: a quarterback who will go out there and play and compete, he takes a lot of that pressure himself. And so I think both of them are in good shape because they've got the quarterbacks who have the players.
0: Um, Another topic that we uh, we need to probably finish off on, and and again, it was a great Super Bowl. The league uh, again, oh boy, boy, what a, what they they are uh, they are pulling nothing but aces now because it was a great venue, great location, great game. Um, it wasn't necessarily a, a wardrobe malfunction, but other than the little snafu about the uh, uh, the, the crude halftime uh, display, I guess that everybody's talking about. Uh, this has just been an, an aces across the board for the league. The league has never been stronger. I did get a kick out of a, I had a chance to visit with the commissioner at the uh, honors uh, um, program that was put on. That was very, very good, I right. thought. It was outstanding. NBC was put on by the NFL Network here uh, and aired on NBC. But uh, I was at his press conference when, when one of the questions, the guy, here the commissioner has just delivered up. Ten, year, ten years of collective bargaining <laughs> security has just signed the most lucrative TV contracts in the world. And the guy jumped up and going, well, but what are you going to do after that? What's the next? Kind of like, when are you going to win that second Super Bowl? Uh, before we leave that, let's, let's finish that conversation. The idea of repeating that right. now Tom Coughlin. And it was comical to me when we were fortunate enough to win a Super Bowl. It wasn't the first ten minutes of someone, well, can you repeat? Right. And it's like, God, can I – give me a night, okay? Right. give me. We just won the Super Bowl. Give me one night to enjoy that before I have to start thinking about what we're going to do next year and can we repeat. And, and the point I have made several times is that winning a Super Bowl is hard. Forget the repeat part. Right. Just winning it is hard. Winning every Sunday is hard. If you happen to get two, yeah, you know, the odds are, are problematic at best, but don't ask if it's tough to repeat. It's just tough to win it. Yeah, And I think
2: particularly, you know, if you get the quarterbacks who've gotten used to winning it, Joe Montana was phenomenal. Terry Bradshaw was phenomenal. And I think we're seeing now that Eli Manning and Tom Brady, I mean, those are guys that are able to go out and get their teams playing at a level that says that, hey, I, I don't know if I'm going to repeat and win it, but I'm always going to be knocking on the door.
0: Yeah, and the hard part is, is for all these guys now, there is only one measurement. Don't care what kind of year you have. Drew Brees just set the all-time passing record. Right. Doesn't feel that way right now um, because he's not in this game, right. let alone on winning it, didn't even get to the game. And when you get to that point and you've had that Super Bowl – it's the only measurement, particularly for these guys, and it's what drives them, and that's right. a good thing. I don't know any scenario where he plays football for the Colts in 2012. Does not make sense per the cap? Does not make sense financially? Does not make sense health-wise? And they will rebuild around Andrew Luck or whomever they take first overall, and that'll be a quarterback. Mike, what we saw this week was the PR campaign. Very sophisticated men on both sides here, Team Manning and Jim Irsay. These comments aren't made haphazardly. This is all for effect. Urshay needs to sell his fan base on the future. And Peyton is letting the other 31 teams know, hey, I'm as healthy as can be. I'm open for business. As soon as this nerve regenerates, I could be your guy in 2012. Uh, Before we get out of here, let's do talk because we were in Indianapolis. And it was unavoidable. All week long, there was the talk of Peyton Manning. What's going to happen with Peyton Manning? It appears – I don't know. I I can't say it appears because it was – Hour by hour, it changed. It looked like they were sideways with one another, making separate statements. Then uh, uh, Jim, uh, uh, Robert Ursay and, and uh, Eli Manning come together and uh, decide that they're going to have a joint statement. Then they kind of, Eli says he's healthy, and Ursay says no. He, he hasn't been cleared right. by our guys. Uh, where do we think this thing's said You well, it's coming back to Indy? I don't, I don't think
2: so. I think what Jim Ursay, the owner, has done, as, you know, of course, Robert's son, is that, you know, first off, he let, he let, uh, uh, the coach go okay and he let the general manager go and he let the president go and all three of those guys were Peyton Manning guys you know Jimmy Caldwell the coach was his quarterback coach and, and uh, you know, I I think that when you let his group go, I think he's just next. I think they're ready to turn the page. I think the mistake that he's making, he he thinks he got it going pretty good. I think he thinks that they know how to do it, and they probably don't know how to do it. <laughs> they probably don't have it going very good. Uh, the question then would be where does Peyton go? And and as I mentioned earlier, he has to go somewhere that's going to use a system that he wants to use, which means that if he decides to go to a team – The offensive coordinator better not get too excited if he doesn't run the same system. It's like you better learn the system, bring it, because here comes Tom Moore. Tom Moore is coming out of retirement. Tom Moore is coming in as a consultant and be ready to learn this system that, that, uh, that has been so successful under Peyton Manning. And I I think it could be any one of numerous teams, but I don't think so. And and I think that, like the rest of it, will probably be good for the National Football League because Peyton thinks he can still play. Uh, He's 36 years old, uh, still loves the game. Uh, They say his, his neck and everything feels better, so... Uh, I think uh, all in all,
0: if uh, if somebody else doesn't want you, find somebody yeah. who does. Injury aside, and that's saying a lot. But let's let's just put the injury aside, and let's say he is going to be healthy, and that's got its own set of circumstances. Term the contract you have to put together to protect yourself. Hopefully, he'll do the right thing to make sure he doesn't put himself at risk. We've talked about that enough. But let's let's say the injury is aside. That's going to be the thing from interesting thing for me, and you've just said it very well that you're going to run Peyton Manning's offense, and it's like no other offense. I mean, when Joe Montana left San Francisco, they took his offensive quarter. They ran the West Coast offense, but that's okay because everybody kind of ran the West Coast offense anyway. No one runs anything like what Peyton Manning does. I don't know that you can just drop him in. You better have just the right bounce receivers on the outside. Those offensive linemen get tested. The expectations for wherever he goes, and the rumors you hear Miami, here's New York Jets. Uh, the expectations are going to be sky high. Jets, if he goes to New York and yeah. they and in the shadow of Eli now, And they think think they were in a position the last two years. You don't think those expectations, that that could have disaster written all over. Well,
2: I think Miami, I mean, he's been an AFC guy. I think Miami is the one. You know, Ross, the owner, will pay a lot of money. He's got a new coaching staff. He's flexible. Everything is new. He can drop Tom Moore off down in there and (laughs) and take from there. So if Indianapolis lets him go, I think that Miami would be a great place for him to land. It's a program that has not done well for a long period period of time, I think he can get them going.
0: Uh, I got a feeling it won't be the last time we talk about this for some <laughs> time. So. Well, that's going to do it for the Coach Show podcast. Uh, Denny and I have really enjoyed bringing this to you. My previous partner, Jim Mora, of course, uh, all year long, we wish him the best at UCLA. I want to thank Jack Del Rio and Mike Smith and, and Marvin Lewis for helping us out last week at the Combine. Of course, you can... Pick up this Coach's Show podcast, as you know, at iTunes or go to NFL.com slash podcast. Of course, the Coach's Show this week, this is our last broadcast of the Coach's Show on the NFL Network. Uh, we look forward to bringing it back to you next year. And, uh, Coach, I appreciate it, man. I really enjoyed doing this last month. Again, cool. We'll do this again. I jumped in and pinch it, and I enjoyed it. Sounds great.